0: Welcome to the Latin Wealth podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community
1: about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday, a weekly new segment that we're putting out specifically for the Latino community by Latinos from our perspective. So, uh thank you for tapping in today. Make sure you guys share this episode and any previous episodes with three other people that needs to hear this conversation because we're diving in some pretty dope topics today. Uh, number one, we're diving into why people are afraid to succeed. Number two, a fintech startup aimed to help uh, undocumented immigrants. And also number three, we haven't spoken about it in a couple of weeks, but Biden's new backup plan to help with student relief debt Make sure you guys tune into the full episode. We're talking about some dope things, as you just heard, and giving you guys some great information. With that being said, my co-host, Jeremiah, bro, how you doing today? How you feeling?
0: Feeling great, man. I'm feeling good. Um, you just laid out the topics. I think they're going to be surprised by these topics, man. I think it's going to be super dope conversation that we have today. Super helpful as well.
1: For sure. For sure. So it's funny because you and I, 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 you guys know, we we text. Sometimes we call each other and, you know, we want to get online of like what we're going to be talking about this week. So he hit me up and he was like, yo, one of the topics we should hit on is why people are afraid to succeed. And I thought this was super interesting and something that you don't hear very many people talking about it. I'm curious, Jeremiah, what made you even think about this question? Like, What made you want to even discuss this?
0: Yeah, I think just in the everyday struggles that you see with, you know, within our community, specifically the brown and black com- communities, right? Um, what you see is people that struggle with being successful. And what I mean by that is not that we can't be successful or that it's not accessible for us to be mm-hmm. successful, but we almost feel like a survivor's remorse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do I really deserve to be successful? um Mm -hmm. I see my friends and stuff they're not successful or my family is not anywhere near me and they're not in the same category as me do I really deserve to be here and so sometimes we have self-sabotaging actions that we do and it's really like subconscious right Mm -hmm. and so I see that a lot of times especially in our communities and so I'm just sitting here and I'm like okay why are people so afraid what is it that scares us to be successful that's that's basically where it came from
1: no a hundred percent and when you asked that question you know thank goodness you asked it yesterday or whenever it was because I needed some time to think about it but when I when you ask that question I'm like man are people afraid to succeed or are they afraid of this responsibilities that come with success are they afraid of being held accountable right when yeah. you succeed you're at a different tier like right? whatever success looks like for you out there you're in a different tier you're in a different atmosphere, right? Now there's responsibility, there's accountability that comes with succeeding, as we just said. Um, Also, is it success people are afraid of? Or is it people's perception? Right? Is it? Yo, how would I look if I fail doing this? How would I look if are they gonna laugh at me if if I do this, and I don't succeed? So uh, let me let me just fall back and just be comfortable and not even attempt, right? So what do you what do you think it is, man? Because I think that's in my opinion. I think it's that I think it's people would love to be successful. But it's also the fear of responsibility, the fear of, again, accountability that comes with it. Maybe the fear of what people are thinking about them.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people that are scared, right, or feel a certain type of way about what people how people perceive them um and so i do i do believe that that's true and i do believe people are scared of their responsibilities Mm. right like what do you do once you become successful for sure right what are you going to require out of me do i have to keep going and so yeah you do right and so that's something that people know once you're successful you know it's like in sports once you win a championship people expect you to win another one or at least Mm. be in contention for Mm. another one right Mm. and so your level constantly has to rise and i think a lot of people um they're not prepared and they're not ready to have that level risen right mm-hmm. they say that um high tide rises all ships right but if you're not even in the same water if you're in the lagoon and they're in the ocean how's that work and so mm-hmm. I think the focus for a lot of people is the same like if I'm successful once I got to keep being successful that's a lot of responsibility and that's a lot of hard work I fluked this time right I was I, let's be honest a lot of people they luck into some things maybe something falls on your lap you take advantage of the opportunity you're kind of right place right right time but then you start to figure can you continue to do it right because it takes muscle and it it takes a conviction and discipline to keep it going and so i think you're right on all three points i think people are afraid of the responsibility Mm -hmm. um i will say that and i'm gonna be honest i think some people are just scared of success What comes with it, like the the people looking up to you, people, you know, the 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 fame or anything that comes from it, right? Because a lot of people like to be like to conform and they like to fit in, they like to assimilate, right? Which is just fitting into the bigger crowd. Because if I don't stand out, you're not going to require any more of me. Um, I can just do whatever I'm doing, like you said. I don't have to attempt to try even hard. I can just chill and I can go through life just skating Mm -hmm. in, in in mediocrity. Uh, right remorse.
1: no, i love that and i love what you you hit on um you know what did you say earlier you said the um uh, survivor's remorse My bad. Survivor's, survivor's remorse then remorse. that's big and i don't have is that something that you've ever felt before
0: um i think initially okay um but i also know how you know how much work it took to get to where i'm at mm-hmm. and so if i see someone and i can see a person that's came from the same place i came from and they're not putting in the same amount of work or the same amount of preparation right which is taking the time to study taking the time to hone in on your craft master yourself then i can only feel a certain type of way for so long right like yeah i may have be a little bit sympathetic but after a while not so much because i know you're not putting in the same amount of work and i know how much work i have to put in and so if you now if you're doing that and you're still not successful then I'll be honest. I'll probably come in and try to help you figure out okay. what is it that's not working because I can give you the steps that I use, right? But if usually I don't feel the survivor's remorse because a lot of times people aren't willing to put in that work. Mm. And so, you know, you're going to get the results you get.
1: Yeah, 100%. Now, do you feel like having fear is a bad thing? No. Because and, and I'll let you hit on it. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say no, it's not at all because, you know, Sometimes fear is a motivator, right? I know for me, if you are um, what they call optimistically paranoid, right? You you know good things are coming, but you're still paranoid because you've been in places that weren't really okay. great, or you've been in situations that weren't the best, and so you know where it can go. But then you're still optimistic, right? And but you you stay sharp. And so I say fear of going back to maybe where you came from, or the existence, or the life that you were living. You know, there's a fear of that. And so that fear can be good because it motivates you and it pushes you, it drives you, not even motivation, because motivation comes and goes, it drives you to continue moving forward and to accomplish that goal. So I don't think fear is bad at all. Now it can be if you let it cripple you, but then again, if you use it as fuel, it's a great, it's it's a it's a great, you know, driving force.
1: No, a hundred percent. And when I when I think of the moments that I've been in fear, it's probably because. I'm outside of my comfort zone, mm. right? When I'm outside which is a of good my, which is a good place, which is a good place. If you have your intentions are right, because you can be outside of the comfort zone doing some funny business, funny things, right?
0: That's uh, true, hundred percent.
1: We we're on the same frequency. We know, like, yo, like perfect example. Um, I'll just be transparent with y'all. I'm looking to submit uh, a bid for a government contract. This. So this is you guys are gonna hear this on Wednesday, this Saturday, right? It's due. Um, I had Jeremiah, I reached out to Jeremiah because I needed his help with a couple of different things. And throughout this process, there's been a little bit of fear there because this is my first time submitting a bid. I'm going through 45 pages of documents, I'm making sure I'm on point. I got everything that they need. And there's a bit of fear there, but on the other side of fear is typically. What you're looking for, typically that achievement, typically something positive, right? And it's, you have to break through that wall. You have to get over that hump. It, life isn't all, it's not all easy, right? You have to, if you want, if you put something out in the ap- atmosphere that you want something, you're always going to be met with resistance, always going to be met with a challenge. And in order for you to get what you want, you have to get over that hump, that challenge, that resistance. So for me, when I feel fear, I just have to take a step back and be like, yo, this is just the opportunity for me to be stretched like a rubber band, to be bigger, better, whatever it is, and for me to learn what I need to learn to get over this hump. And typically, if I just get over this thing, what I'm looking for is right on the other side of that.
0: It's so funny, you know, as we wrap this up, but it's so funny that um, just yesterday, I posted something to my Facebook, and the post was something that's called liminal space, L-I-M-I-N-A, liminal space. And what the definition of that is, it refers to a place or person that is in a transitional period, right? It's a gap and can be a physical, like a doorway, emotional, like a divorce, or metaphorical, like a decision, mm. right? And so the liminal space, as many times as you can in life, you can get to that liminal space. And it's and it's it's a transition period of of discomfort, but it's leading toward that greater place. Like you said, it's good to get to those spaces. It's very uncomfortable, but get to the liminal spaces in life, man, mm-hmm. because that's going to be able to elevate you. Because if you don't, you're just going to live a life of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that's not worth it. Right. Because we want to say that we live. You may be a lot, you know, you may be Physically living, but you're not living, right? Fulfilling yeah. that destiny, getting that potential out. And so get to those liminal spaces. And shouts out to you, Chris, for not only being transparent, but then also living in that space and owning it and then progressing forward regardless.
1: Yeah, 100%. You just said something at the end, owning it, right? We're not going to hit on it today, maybe another week, but I do want to hit on how you can overcome fear, how you can Ooh. use it as a weapon, how you can channel that energy into yeah. something positive which jeremiah and i have a lot of experience with jeremiah a lot more obviously um so definitely want to hit on that maybe next week or the week after let's or do next back. week or the week yeah. after yeah yeah yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. We, we'll continue with it next week how to overcome fear how to channel the fear into something positive um but yeah switching gears a little bit we want to hit on a, a article that recently came out and we just man this is Shout out to Jeremiah for finding this article and saying it over. Cause I'm like, yo, this is big time. So, the the heading of the article says, "No Social Security, No Problem." Says a fintech company called Maza, a fintech startup aimed at undocumented immigrants. Okay, so follow along. This is what they do. You know, um, there's a lot of different fintech companies out there that offer digital banking services to a variety of demographics, right? Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is Bank Novo. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's a digital banking company that if you have a business, you can set them up. You can set up with them pretty easily, right? But there has been one segment of the population that historically has been underserved more than pretty much any other doc or any other demographic, right? And that's the undocumented immigrants. And because these undocumented immigrants don't have a social security number, it's extremely difficult for these people to access traditional banks. So this is where the startup Mazda come and they're set out to help solve that problem. So just a couple quick points and we'll jump into a conversation. But essentially what they're going to do is they're going to provide immigrants with an individual tax identification number, also known as ITIN. Um, and they're also going to be able to obtain a U.S. bank account and a debit card through this fintech called Mazda. And again, they are focusing on undocumented immigrants. Uh, Man, when I heard when I was reading this story and I heard this, I'm like, this is the epitome of somebody finding a problem and providing a solution, a very good solution. And Jeremiah was saying before this, this we hit record, like, why isn't this like televised, national televised news all over, you know, the shade room and all that. this is incredible.
0: And what's funny is we know why, because it's not something that's negative, right? We always talk about how negativity and negative energy always yeah. gets more play or gets more push, right? More publicity. So I mean, as I think about Maza, right. And I think about all the different aspects of, well, first and foremost, you know, you have people, you have the background of the of the creators or the owners of the company that's Colombian, Ecuadorian, Peruvian, mm-hmm. right? Um, and as well as Brazilian. And so you have a South American coalition or conglomerate of different cultures and different countries coming together. But one thing combines and, and bonds them is the fact that their parents were immigrants. And so it was very difficult for their parents to be start businesses here, very difficult to get any type of help when it came to financial literacy and financial information. Now, what's really crazy is, is that not only you said that they're giving them a bank account, they provide the debit card, right? They're giving them an I-10. Also, the actual platform itself, it's allowing for peer-to-peer functionality. Mm. What does that mean? That means you're putting the power into the hands of the people that actually have the app. Why is that so big? Because let's say I wanna sell my home um and I want to actually I want to you know partake or I want to actually cater to the undocumented community and I say that I'm going to put my home up on this app and so it allows for me to go and do my due diligence and say hey I'm going to select this person who's on the platform with me here but they have the money but they don't have the social security number but I know that they have the bank account and I I can look at the documents I can look at everything there in the platform and so what it's doing is bridging the gap and so Um, You know, I start to see just so many possibilities Chris, we were talking about the different possibilities that it could be, you know, and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, any company that comes in and even before money, before anything, they can go like on a one to five ratio of what they bring in to what they put out. And what I mean by that is they brought in about seven and a half million dollars, right? Initially starting off because they said that they had fifty thousand users, mm-hmm. and each person pays one hundred fifty bucks Which to is. use the platform. Super affordable.
1: A super All of this affordable for one 150- hundred and
0: fifty. Go ahead. Super.
1: I was just gonna say super affordable and extremely smart that they have extremely like a yearly. Sub, when I seen that, I was like, "Yeah, these people know what they're doing." Yearly subscription to gain access to this peer-to-peer information. I mean, like, bro, that. Uh, I mean, the subscription model is kind of where a lot of big fintech businesses are moving towards. That's the model. way
0: you should do it. I mean, yeah, let's 100%. be honest. Not only does it yeah. does it free up cash accumulation, right? So it frees up as they begin to grow and they start to grow. That's going to double, triple, right? Mm-hmm. And even with that seven and a half million that they gained, they've they've already you know loaned out forty one million. They've got the backing of good people. We'll get into that in a second, right? With the type of companies and angel investors that they have, but they have the backing and they understand that the subscription model is not only going to help them grow and scale, that's more money coming in that makes them cash rich, that allows them to be able to even purchase additional, uh, maybe additional apps or additional services, create partnerships with additional services. And so I can see this going super far.
1: Mm, 100%. And like we said, they are focused on the Latino market or the Spanish speaking population is what they said. So uh yeah man this is this is incredible. You said you wanted to hit hit on some of the backing they've had.
0: Yeah yeah so I want I mean them, them themselves I want people to understand that they're not a bank yeah. right they are an actual service. It's a service that's utilizing Visa and Blue Ridge Bank Blue Ridge Bank is a business bank as well of course we all know who Visa is great companies to uh you know be in alignment with they have broad payment functionality, and it actually allows for integration with all the regular payment, um, you know, programs or platforms that you use PayPal, Zelle, Venmo, Cash App. So they're integrating all these things into their application, right? Because usually you couldn't use these things because they don't have, right? They don't have a social security number. And so also something that I think is very strange. So we saw Visa Blue Ridge, right? But also, also something that's really, really strange is. Their marketing model hmm. um this is a fintech company so what would you think automatically chris you think like oh they they market online they're just doing ads in brazil they're not they're that's not. honestly not I their focus
1: i've seen bro <laughs> that's the craziest thing
0: to me like <laughs> bro imagine us you and me like podcasting and stuff and you're like hey i'm finna go over here to the corner um over here in in washington heights and i'm just gonna stand on the corner and pass out flyers
1: Hmm.
0: Most people will be like, Chris, that doesn't make sense. But literally that's what they're doing. They're saying they're going to high density, smaller Latino communities such as South Florida, right? Which we all know, you go Kissimmee down, Mm -hmm. Central and down, it's highly Latino, right? Washington Heights, an area in New York, we just talked Mm -hmm. about it, New York and Los Angeles. Um, And so these are very heavy, high density, Latin areas, right, with immigrants. And so they're going to those areas and actually just holding small seminars, right? Then they said they do some google advertising and stuff but the majority of their focus is like bulletins in churches and bulletins on it like it's amazing I think that that's crazy I'm and it's working because they got yeah. 50,000 users already and so imagine when they add in or find the niche or the way to be able to promote this online in the proper way possible mm-hmm. I just see it as growing exponentially this may be this may be a um Stock or something that I invest in because this this is going to grow.
1: A hundred, no, hundred percent. So I'm curious, man. I don't want to get too off topic, but sure. you mentioned in the beginning that you got in this group that uh, individual from Brazil, Colombia, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. parts of South America. What do you think is the mindset for all of these people to come together, put their egos aside, and to form something like this for the community? Because I think I was reading one of the individuals; he was um like the the gm of uber in puerto rico or something yeah. like that Yes, yeah. like he was you know what i'm saying doing his thing yeah like these people all came together put their egos aside like what do you think that is like how do we get more of us coming together like that right because i can think Go ahead. in our, our circle of two other people we can just pull on the same boat and nice. you know get something going you, you feel um, what I'm saying?
0: No, I do. I do. And I think that a lot of it has to do with people being on, we talked about it, you said it, people being on the same frequency. Yeah. And thought frequency, right? And what that means is I'm seeking to be a servant. A lot of times people say that they do servant leadership, right? But mm-hmm. they're doing it on a grand scale. And so these people saw a problem. And this has been a problem consistently for years. What did they do though? They used their tech expertise in their relationships and they said we're unified to say that we're gonna provide. Central South America, right? Um, We're gonna provide the Latinos with the opportunity to actually be successful in this country. That's one of the largest things that's holding us back when it comes to us as a community is our lack of financial literacy and Mm -hmm. access to financial products, Mm -hmm. right? So I like the fact that they were unified. I think that was the biggest thing that they had. And number two, the fact that they had a servant's mentality, Mm -hmm. right? They were seeking to actually serve the people Mm because. Most of these people I was reading, they have a, a background in tech and they could have done anything else. They were making money already. And so it wasn't like they had to come together and do this, but I think that they felt a, a like a higher calling, right. And, then there was a definite purpose for doing it. So
1: a hundred percent, I would love to know the story of how the idea came, For sure. you know, like, was it somebody like, yo jeremiah hit me up on a weekend while i was on the beach and he's like i got this idea let's, let's let's form the avengers and you know help the community
0: yeah for sure i want to know myself i think that would be a great documentary man yeah. because i think you're just on the cusp of where this is going to be and very soon this is going to be something that's going to go international um and i would say even american-based products are going to be utilizing this platform in the very near future
1: mm. 100% love this. Um transitioning a little bit speaking about America. Good old America. Um <laughs> uh, Biden, the Biden administration has put out a backup plan that can help bring student debt relief to millions of people. So, President Biden is not giving up on this this idea that he has this execute this plan that he has, right? I should say um I mean shout out to him for not giving up you, you can never, you know, downplay that. He's not giving up. Jeremiah and I were, were kind of talking. I think the day that the Supreme Court slashed his, his initial plan, um, he had a backup plan. He had a plan B, ready mm-hmm. to go, ready in the clip. <laughs> and he he's not giving up on it. So some details about it, just some details. There's a lot that's going to go into it. But <clears throat> so all borrowers can apply if they have an undergrad undergraduate loan, um, the limited monthly payment is going to be decreased from 10% to 5% of your income. To to require for the zero monthly payment, the $0 monthly payment, you have to make less than about $32,000 a year, which is about $15 an hour. If you make anything less than that, then you are Uh, eligible for the $0 monthly payment. And then if you want your loans forgiven, you have to have your, you have to have, what is it? Oh, 10 years of payment, which before it was 20 years of payment and the Hmm. original balance has to be less than $12,000. So again, before it was 20 years of payment, now it's 10 years of payment and now the original balance has to have been less than $12,000. There, there are some other details in there, but here's kind of like his plan B of, of what they want to do. What are your thoughts about this, bro? Um.
0: Well, like you said, kudos to him. There's a lot of other conversations people have about Biden that aren't so favorable, but I think anybody generation, I'll tell you this I think the millennials and generation Z though probably have quite a bit of good things to say because we've yeah. been weighed down by the increases in college uh loan right loan amounts right and the weight that it puts us under we're under we're in more debt than any other generation right those two groups so um I th- I feel like we we feel that about it I know that there's been a lot of different programs, a lot of different ways to be involved in paying back your loan. There's the uh, revised pay as you earn plan, right? Which is based upon basically what you earn, how much you earn determines how much you're paying back. Um, I wanted to highlight something in here though. um, And that is that, uh, you know, anyone that's already enrolled in repay will be automatically enrolled in save, which is the name of the, right? The name of the group, uh, name of the, the plan. And any borrower with a good standing direct loan will be eligible. And they said the application is already live. Now, I think this is something very important to pay attention to. So there's a temporary 12-month on-ramp grace period. This is important. So October 1st, 2023 through September 30th, 2024, Mm -hmm. while it's not officially being called a pause on the student loan debt, right? The on-ramp would mean that missed payments would not immediately harm the borrower's credit Lead to wage garnishments or risk of loan default. We talked about that, right? How the government's going to get their money, and so they're doing that. And so, in practice, what does this mean? This basically means on September first, people got to start paying back the loans. Interest will start accruing again, right? um And payments will be due in October of this year. But borrowers will have one year period that avoids the, that avoids like the very harsh delinquencies, you know, mm. um, fallouts that usually come from you not paying. Into your loan, so we've kind of gone through this. We've kind of seen where it's at. Um, one last,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. one last point that that's I think is a, is amazing is uh the save plan will raise from one hundred and fifty percent right to two and two hundred and twenty five percent of the federal poverty guidelines. What does that mean? That basically means that a family of four who's earning less than sixty seven thousand five hundred dollars can qualify for this, and so it raises the amount that the family can make and still qualify. And so I see him kind of you, know, you see him kind of moving in the gray areas, man. And so I, this was well put together. Yeah, it was. Um and he 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 cites a as you know the Supreme Court just shut down his his first deal. And he already had this one in the chamber like we said. But what he cites is the higher education act which comes from 1965 and it's already passed and the Supreme Court has approved that. So he's trying he's building up on top of that. I think man whoever put this together if Biden put this together, shout out to him. I think he probably had some help with somebody researching and putting all this together. But no, no shade. I'm just saying I think he yeah. had some help. But whoever put this together, man, it's is it's very strategic and it's well put together. And I think it'll help out a lot of people when it comes to the student loan debt. Um, and so I think it's a good thing. What do you think, Chris? Like, is it a, is it a good thing for us to get forgiveness on student loans, bro?
1: It's interesting, because I actually had somebody comment on, I think a YouTube video we put out or an Instagram post, and they were they basically said, like, uh the government shouldn't be responsible for people's decisions when it comes to schooling and whatnot.
0: <laughs> I agree. No, 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 I agree. I'm like, the, that's fair. But at the same time, they're also not putting limitations on what these schools can charge and they're 100%. functioning tax-free in their country and so mm-hmm. they are taking money from their citizens that could otherwise or other well go toward taxes or anything else right and mm-hmm. so if you put no limitations on the governance of the way that these schools are actually um, you know charging people right for their tuition then piece of that responsibility because mm-hmm. well you don't have to go to college well we all know that for for the most of us for career wise and things like that you got to go to college right and so that's not really an option and so although I hear that that's not really factual because they're not holding them accountable either I think they're more focused like we had that scam with the you know the rich people Mm -hmm. paying blah 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 blah. they're more focused on that and federal agents and I'm like dude the crime is the school itself charging all this money but nobody's talking about that so oh and we don't Affirmative action isn't there anymore either. So that's, but that's a whole nother thing.
1: That, that's a whole, a whole other, other conversation. We'll probably conversation. get into next week, honestly. Um, no, I mean, it's crazy. I'm, at the end of the day, I, I hope it helps people out. I hope it goes through and it, it truly does help people. My perspective is the way I've always thought is I never want to put my trust into somebody else. I never want to put my trust into the government to help me or bail me out or anything. Right. So my perspective is just pay it off. Like for me, easy for me to say, I understand that, but I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm relying on the government for any type of assistance. You know what I'm saying? So, um, those are my thoughts about it.
0: I agree. I think that, um, I'm self-reliant and self-sufficient, and I think that other people should, but then at the same time, we have to teach them and put them in a place to where they can do so. Yeah, um, I believe the lending in a lot of cases to students to to kids at 18 years of age, yeah, who their their thinking process isn't fully developed yet is Not predatory, growth. right? It's very predatory, and so we could go. There's a, there's multiple factors and things to go into, right? But I, what I will say is that if you have get gotten forgiveness and you received it, mm-hmm. use it appropriately and make wise decisions when it comes to finances, right? Mm-hmm. That money that you were going to be paying towards your loan, if it was forgiven. Put it towards something that's actually going to make a difference. Don't just mm-hmm. waste the money frivolously. That's what I'll mm-hmm. say. One
1: hundred percent. Maybe one day we'll have a conversation about college and the impact that it has, like on young folks and whatnot. What, what you're really paying for when you go to college is 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 kind of like that verification, that 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 badge, or you know what I'm saying? That you can
0: stick to it. Yeah, that's it. True. Just to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. But that's you're, a you're whole other. Comp-
1: you're, you're paying for that brand, you know what I'm yes. saying? Paying yes. Yes. That, that Gucci, that Louis. To yes, hundred percent. To be honest, it does help. It does help. It does get you in rooms.
0: It does. Yes. It does. But I know a lot of people, and particularly the very brilliant people that created, you know, the very everything that you use today: Elon Musk, uh, yeah. Bill Gates. Now they're like, well, these guys—they dropped out. They—they, they, you know but they didn't get that stamp, right? And so it's really more about, I'd say, it's about the will. With the technology and everything that's available today, it's about your will. If you want to grind, if you want to create something new, if you want to find a niche, you want to build something out and scale, there is everything possible for you to do so. And that's without college. YouTube that's University.
1: That's a fact, bro. So I'll say this, the last thing I'll say. I'm not trying to like be braggadocious, but I graduated from Cal State, San Bernardino. You know what I'm saying? Most of y'all don't even know where that's at. But I see people like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, yeah. um, Kobe, Eric Thomas, some of the people I look up to, yeah. Jordan. I see them as humans, just like me. Yeah. They got the same 24 hours as me. Oprah Winfrey, all these people got the same 24 hours. If they can do it, why can't I? That's what true. makes them special? You know, what separates them from me, right? So whether you have a degree or not, whether you go to USC, Harvard, Cal State San Bernardino, University of Houston, wherever, or you drop out, it doesn't matter, you can do it, you can make it happen for yourself. And with that being said, uh, Jeremiah, anything else before we had here?
0: You can do it. And we want to help you do that as well. We want to be your tool. We want to be your source, right? We want to make sure that Latin wealth is providing you guys with information that's useful. And that is a value to you to helping you get to that place, right? So obviously, guys, go like, subscribe to Latin Wealth. Give this, like Chris said, give this to three people. Send this to three people that could use this information. This was a very in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate everyone that watches. We appreciate all the support. And um, let Latin Wealth help you to get to that place. That's what I'm
1: saying. 100% love that. And With that being said, you guys can find us on Instagram, TikTok, at Latin Wealth again share this with somebody find us on youtube whatever you got to do to support and to help out your community it's your boy chris catch you guys next week peace